Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. BQW Podcast, presented by Big Q's World. Here's where we talk about consumer technology, everyday life struggles, pop culture, latest news stories, and whatever else that goes on inside of Big Q's brain. All right, Geekazoid, it's going down right now. Here's your host, Big Q. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What up, ladies and gentlemen? What up, ladies and gentlemen? I'll be your boy, Big Q. This is the bqw big q's world podcast and we're doing another live one uh, we're doing another live one and uh you know because i do the live ones when i think i feel like i got something good to talk about you know what i mean like if i if i feel like uh you know if i feel like it's something that i think i need like audience feedback on <clears throat> i try to bust out a live uh bqw or whatever otherwise you know you can find your boy on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. Wherever else you get your podcast from, um, we everywhere with the podcast. The podcast is doing this thing. Uh, it's 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 uh it's it's, it's okay. We we, we kind of rocking out. We doing it. Um, last uh, last time we was live, man, we had a good time. It was dope. Um, I'm hoping that depending on how uh, our things go, uh, I can do more and more of these uh, these live ones, right? Because these live ones are fun. Uh, I, I definitely like uh, getting down with the uh, with the people on the, in the live front, but. Uh, <clears throat> But everything's been cool since the last time I was here with y'all guys. Since the last time I was live, uh, a bunch of cool stuff uh, been went down. Uh, so you know, kind of went and upgraded the presentation of the podcast a little bit, which I think is dope. Um, I'm looking at it on the TV over there. It looked pretty good. I got lightning and, and and stuff. I got like effects. I got I got stuff popping off all over the place. It's pretty. It's pretty. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I am. Uh, what else happened? What else? Oh, celebrated the. Uh, Celebrated the 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 fifteenth uh, anniversary with the wifey. Uh, that was dope. And I'm gonna tell you what I thought was weird about that. Uh, not not that uh, you know uh, your wedding anniversary is, is weird. It's just that you know um, the last couple of years has been crazy with this whole uh, global uh, pandemic situation, and you know so we we just we haven't we hadn't really been. Um, anywhere like we haven't been like as far as like been in a public public place or a public space uh we we just we just didn't do it we uh we pretty much went to the to the grocery store you know to the doctor you know what i mean uh and i, I think if, if it wasn't the grocery store or the doctor or, or just a, a run to the you know through the drive-thru every now and again man we uh we we we, we didn't really go to any places like you know um didn't get to go and see uh, any of the big movies in the in the movie theater or nothing like that. We we have still haven't been to the movie theater in over two years. I think I think the last movie we went and saw, I think it was like that big uh, Avengers Endgame thing a couple years ago. I think that was the one. I'm pretty sure that was the last time we went 
to the, to the, to the movie theater. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, so it was funny because, uh, I come home from work on, um, on that Sunday cause our, our, our anniversary was on Monday on the seventh. And, uh, so I come home from work and I put my bag and stuff down and I'm chilling and, you know, and, uh, so she's like, yo, uh, you think about going to, you know, think, you think about, uh, I'm thinking about going to our favorite spot for, uh, the anniversary. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, hitting up the, the spot. We go to this little Italian joint, uh, in, uh, in North Charlotte, uh, South Charlotte, South Park, Charlotte, um, Meggiano's is our, that's our little, our little spot. And so like the last couple of years we, we, we went and had to like do like takeout. So we went and we actually just grabbed the food and, and bounced, um, you know, of course, because you know regulations and whatnot, you couldn't sit down and eat. But back then, you couldn't. Then I think you know the last year, I think they they had started uh, indoor seating uh, or, or whatever the case may be. I can't really remember. I just remember we weren't really trying to sit down and eat. We just weren't feeling it like that. And um, so yeah, she's like, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we you want to? What you think about going to the to the spot for uh, dinner on on the anniversary? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Not you know, not even thinking about it. It's like, yeah, whatever, fine. Okay, cool. I'm good with it. So you know, <clears throat> I go and I change and I come back downstairs and whatnot. And I go in and I'm just doing my thing. And then so she comes in in the room. She's like, yo, yeah, no, I don't think you. I don't think you really. I don't think you heard heard what I said all the way. I was like, what do you think about actually sitting down, like having dinner, like in the spot? And I was like, oh, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that's what you was talking about. <laughs> you know? I had to think about that for a second. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I hadn't done it. We haven't, we haven't done it in so long. We haven't done uh, the whole, you know, going out to dinner thing in, in a while. It's been a long time. And, uh, and so when she, she said, I was like, okay. Um, so the first thing I'm thinking is like, okay, I'm cool. I think I'm gonna be okay. Uh, but what about you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Cause you've been at the crib for over two years, completely isolated. Uh, I don't know. I think you probably going to get there and you probably gonna be like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But, but you know what? She was a trooper. We, we, we went and it was great. And, uh, the dinner was, was amazing. And we had, a. Uh, we had a uh, we had we had fun you know and uh, we actually sat there and you know in the restaurant and, and actually ate the food there which made the food taste uh, a thousand times better and um and that kind of thing so you know it was uh it was it was strange though it was weird I was gonna say we haven't done it in, we had we hadn't did it in a long uh long time so um it, it felt weird at first but then of course you know we sat there we talking and you know eating and we kind of forgot about that whole thing for you know a little while while we was there. Uh, until it was time to leave, <laughs> you know, you putting your your mask and stuff back on and and whatnot. And this it was weird because this was the day I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was the day like a couple of days after the mask mandates had just been lifted, like again. You know what I'm saying? So uh, like we're standing out there going, you know, uh, before we went to the restaurant, everybody was standing out there with like no mask and stuff on, and it was it was a weird sight to see. It was it was very weird. Um, seeing that and uh so you know for us especially for us who have been in the house uh for so long it was just uh i don't know just it was a weird 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 thing you know what i mean and then of course you know like i said we we were cool for a little bit we had our dinner it was great and then we went there was a cheesecake factory next door uh so we went to the to the cheesecake factory to grab dessert and uh Yo, it was like, you know, the people standing around. If you've been to the Cheesecake Factory, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, everybody's kind of standing around like the, the little cheesecake area or whatever. And, um, you know, no mask, very close, uh, close to one another. It was, 
you know, I'm telling you, for, for people like us who've just been kind of, you know, in solidarity and kind of isolated for a while, that whole thing was weird, man. But we made it through. We made it through. We, we went on our anniversary dinner, and we had anniversary dinner at our favorite spot, and we had cheesecake afterward, and we didn't catch COVID, and we didn't die. So I think I, I would say it was, it was successful. It was, <laughs> it was a successful dinner, I, I, I would say. I think uh, I think all in all, it was it was great. And, uh, and you know, um, I'm kind of glad I was able to do it, you know, even though, like, the last <clears throat> the last week at work watching everybody come in there uh, with no mask on and stuff was, like, something that I had to kind of, like, get used to because, like, it was... I tell you, man, it's you know this 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 whole you know pandemic thing. I don't know, man. Everybody got their little different takes on it, but you know, I think this is gonna be one of the first uh, BQW shows where we're not really gonna talk about it a lot. Uh, I don't really have no crazy COVID uh, stories to talk about, nothing like that. Um, <clears throat> what made me decide to want to do to go live this time uh, with the show uh, is because of this crazy. Uh, what? How did uh, how did Dave say it? Dave said, uh, very French, very, very French guy, uh, juice, ju- juicy, juicy, smiley, juicy, a smiley, a right. You know, and the whole thing that goes and, 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 you know, in, in this whole story and I ain't gonna lie to me, I, I find it, uh, I find it hilarious to be honest, which I, mean, I ain't even gonna lie. I think it's, I think it's pretty funny. Um, the, the story and, and where we are with the story right now with him being sentenced to 150 days in jail and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then, but then, what's weird is that you know, then we got this this other stuff that's coming out. Uh, this whole free Jesse, um, Taraji P Henson, and other people are are saying, you know, it, you know, other, other things. They feel in a different kind of way about it, and then it's the whole Karen part part of it. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it because that's what we do on the BQW. We we will get into that. Uh, also, uh, <coughs> you know. Watching uh, Joe Budden and Joel Ortiz and Crooked Eye and uh, Royce the Five Nine go through this whole uh, boy band breakup thing publicly. Uh, they all on Instagram Live airing their grievances uh, on social media about you know it's, it's funny because it's like you know you you, you see this kind of stuff happen uh, with like R and B groups and and like boy bands and. <clears throat> And stuff like that, but watching these these black grown black men uh, <laughs> go through this, uh, it's 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 entertaining. One right, it's very entertaining uh, just to watch uh, how how the whole thing is is going down, and and two to watch how as as black again black men how how they are deflecting and and and. And and you know and and, and the way they, they kind of treat each other in this aspect, I just I think listen to the conversations and stuff. I was just like ah, something real crazy about what's going on here. Um, but I, I thought it was a pretty interesting story, uh, nonetheless. You know, but uh, that's how that thing goes. But you know, it's it's really crazy. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on uh, before I really get into some of the news stuff was, uh, you know, everybody was was making a a big fuss about uh, Mary J. Blige's performance at the, at the Super Bowl. <coughs> and, you know, I always got to do a music piece on this show. Cause I feel like, you know, this is, this is a show for the, for the culture. So uh, we got to talk about black music and everything like that. And, and I got to tell you uh, the, the, the Mary J. Blige record, which ain't nobody really talking about. Nobody really saying a whole lot about, but I, but I was like listening to, I, I went to listen to the Good Morning Gorgeous record and uh, 
Yeah, I got some thoughts about it. <clears throat> I got some thoughts about it. You know, as a matter of fact, um, me and uh, one of my homies, Mark, uh, we did a breakdown on the show about uh, adult content. Like, basically, the people, the, the, the music people who we grew up listening to, uh, now they're older and they're still doing music, but they're completely separate from the younger people. Uh, should they be considered like adult contemporary? We we kind of talked about like rappers like Nas and and Busta and all these other guys who just put out these these records like you know in twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, way long after they were you know in their prime or whatever. And um, it, it was kind of like you know <clears throat> back in the day when we would listen to uh, I, you know, this is this is this is what I, I equated to like you know and I'm gonna show my age here and I know I don't know who who, who watching or listening to this podcast but if you're around my age. You would know exactly what I'm talking about. So, as as a as a kid, uh, I grew up listening in the house. My mom would like <clears throat> play like the the uh, the, <coughs> the Temptations and stuff like that, and Billy Ocean and you know Isaac Hayes and, and stuff like that. So I just remember the early <clears throat> Temptations records, and that was you know they would sound like the old school stuff, and you know it was the old um, the old uh, uh, if. Uh, uh, how, how did it go? Uh, 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 the old Temptation songs, you know, My Girl and all this stuff, right? You know, and we all know the Temptations records and whatnot. But do anybody remember, like, later on, like, later, like, when we started growing up a little bit and when we became, like, teenagers or whatever? Remember the Temptations put out this this record? It was it, the one song that, tri- that stood out to me. And, and you know, if I knew I was going to get on this tangent, I probably would have pulled the record so I could play it for you guys. But <clears throat> it was a song called... Treat her like a lady, right? That's what the song was called. Treat, treat her like a lady. Um, I, I, let me see. I, look, I'm a, I'm a terrible singer, but I'm gonna go into some of the lyrics, right? I just, just, just so I can paint my my picture. Uh, the song would sort of like uh, uh, light her cigarette if she smoke, even help her with her coat. Treat her like a lady. Treat, you know, it went like that, right? But basically, it was a song that was being sung by these dudes who came up in a completely different era from what they were singing about and the way they were singing this new song. So they were singing this song, treat her like a lady in the, in the, in the, in the style of the late eighties, early nineties R and B groups at the time. Right. So that's what it sounded like. It sounded like the, the Billy oceans and the, and the, and the, um, the Johnny Gills. And it, it sounded like that, right. It, it had that kind of vibe to it. And, and, and I just remember listening to it, Back then, because it's weird, because I was just, I remember listening to that song back then, and I was like, "Why are they? Uh, why do they?" I asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, why, why? Why do the Temptations sound like this? Like, what are they? What are they doing?" Right? I don't want. I, I couldn't understand like why the group that I knew, the way they used to sing and the, and the, and the way they performed, why are they now sounding like like the teeny boppers and the kids and whatnot? Like, it, it's just it. It was weird to me, right? So it brings me back to the day. You know, I was actually talking about this song to a um, to a co-worker who happened to be white <clears throat> and took him down a little trip down memory lane. And I, I was explaining this to him and how, like, you know, we, we get into this uh, this vibe where you grew up listening to somebody and they, you, you get used to their sound and they sound a certain way. And then next thing you know, they come out as, you know, later and it's it's on some on some weird stuff. Now, um, that brings us back to this Mary J. Blige record, right? <clears throat> so the first record, I don't play a little bit of it for you because I do have it. I'm gonna play a little bit of it for you. the The first record actually sounded like your typical Mary J. Blige and stuff that I was like that I tuned in to listen to. I was like, okay, 
when I press play on the song, what I'm hearing sound it sounded like what I was expecting to hear, right? And and let's say, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can uh, can grab that for you guys real quick. Mary J. Blige and the song is called "Good Morning Gorgeous," right? Um, so let's see here. Uh, see if we can do this here. So, song is called "Good Morning Gorgeous," and and, and listen to this, and and, and you know, and I, I I can't play a whole lot of it because I don't want you know, uh, you know, the copyright monsters to come out and, and, and shut me down. But we're gonna play a little bit of it, right? We'll play a little bit of it. We'll play a little bit of it, and I'm gonna talk a little bit over it so that way we won't get in a whole lot of trouble and whatnot. But uh, so yeah, you listen to this, and this is right here. This is this is what I expected to hear when I press play on a Mary J. Blige record. I mean, and, and of course, I want y'all. I want to point out one thing too to you guys. This woman is 51 years old, and I don't know for the people who are watching the show live tonight. Y'all see the video? Mary, Mary looking good, right? 51 years old. But listen to the lyrics. Listen to the beat. Listen to her cadence. And I'm gonna stop talking for a second. Yeah, I'm just telling you, this is this is what I um, expect to hear when I uh, when I'm listening to a Mary J. Blige record, right? You know, she's telling a little story. It's sultry. It's sexy. It sounds like a Mary J. Blige record. I'm used to that. Now I know this is not the my life or the what's the four one one Mary J. Blige and nothing like that, but this is still. Uh, Sounds like Mary J. Blige, right? You can't. You guys would agree <laughs> that if I wasn't showing the video right now, or didn't tell you this is Mary J. Blige, you would recognize this as as a Mary J. Blige song, right? Right? Sounds great, right? Okay. Now let's do this. So then there was another record on the album. It was called Rent Money, and she did it with the with the kid Dave East, who played Method Man on the Wu Tang Saga show. And this is where I started to get a little aggravated because, because it's the same situation where I was saying with the temptations, right? Here is where she's kind of, um, kind of, uh, sounding like this new wave R and B people with this weird island tinge thing that they got going on and, uh, all this weirdness. Right. Um, so, so I'm gonna play this and I'm gonna let y'all see, see what y'all think. Tell me what y'all think here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this for you real quick. Let's see if I can get it to go. Let's see. But uh yeah, it, it's uh it's it's very weird. Very weird. Listen to this. I just want you to pay attention to this. This isn't the this is bullet. So again, this I sounds like whatever it is, two thousand tens uh 2019 kind of R&B kind of sound, right? Same cadence, same kind of thing, right? Listen to the, and, 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 listen, and then listen to that, that's the pre-chorus. But listen to the hook, though. And you're going to be like, really? Mm. You know you're the reason, just trying to break even. You must be used to me. I don't know. Look now, my rent money do. Now listen to this. What does that sound like to you? I spent everything fucking with you. Mm. Oh, I said you win some, you win some, you lose. 
And I'm going to tell you, I, I don't like it. I don't. I uh, I don't like that. I'm, I'm not. Um, and I'm just saying it, 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 it's not for me. Right. <laughs> and I guess, you know, the, 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 big, the big thing is, is that um, it, it really wasn't supposed to be for me. You know what I mean? It's uh, I, I don't know who she's trying to reach with this record. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea who who the person is or the or the, or the fans that she's trying to reach uh, with, with, the, with the with this particular song. Um, but but th- again, it, it, it it's like completely out of her element. Doesn't really sound like a Mary J. Blige record. That somebody would say, well, maybe uh, I'm not I'm not giving her the benefit of doubt and growth, appreciating growth as an artist and and all of this. I, I just don't think a 51 year old R and B diva who already improved that she's one of the best in the world um, actually needs to uh, you know to to resort to to this because this because that right there this new wave R and B. To me, is the equivalent of mumble rap. It's the, it's the weird, you know, choppy cadences, and it's not for me. It's, but I know I, I'm just saying it's, it's just not my uh, <clears throat> not my cup of tea. You know, just to be completely, you know, 100. It's just it, you know, it ain't working for me. You know, <clears throat> and that kind of thing. So um, I need to do a little break right here because this is usually where my ad breaks go on the podcast. So I'm gonna take a pause for the calls. I will be right back. We are gonna get into this. We're going to get into this juicy Smolier uh, situ- situation here. And uh, we're going to talk about Juicy and uh, and see what's going on with him. Uh, the BQW, we'll be back in a second. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to the BQW, Big Q's World podcast. I'm your boy, Big Q. We was talking about earlier, you know, <clears throat> Adult contemporary versions of 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 our artists, our favorite artists, and how you know they we remember them sounding sounding one way, and then they come back later on, and they sound them a little bit a little bit different, you know, trying to keep up with the times, trying to sound current, uh, that kind of thing. It, it, you know, the whole thing is a little bit weird, but uh, you know, it's what we have right now. So um, <clears throat> it's one of the things where I uh, I feel like. Uh, it's, it's something going to deal with, right? I mean, I, like I said, it's, it's the equivalent of that thing with the Temptations, how they sounded when we, the way we used to the Temptations sounding, and kind of what they sounded like on that Treated Like a Lady record. Uh, we've seen it happen time and time again. Uh, a lot of old dudes come out trying to sound young, and it just it don't fly. You know what I mean? But um, you know, what's talking about Mary J. Blige and her Good Morning Gorgeous record. Otherwise, <clears throat> other than those few songs that she was sounding. Trying to sound like the, the 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 new the newer people, I thought it was a decent sounding uh, Mary J. Blige record. I would probably would have gave it a, a six out of ten as a marriage. I mean, it's not a Mary J. Blige classic and nothing like that, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's a, it's a pretty dope record nonetheless. Now, moving on to some weird stuff, right? Moving on to some complete weirdness. Um, I don't know exactly. I think it was I think it was twenty nineteen when this went down. Uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, at the height of uh, at the height of the Empire stuff, which I don't know, after like the first couple seasons, I kind of lost interest in Empire anyway. I kind of lost interest in it. I just wasn't really feeling it too much. Uh, I thought the show was kind of goofy anyway. I thought it was. I thought they were reaching in too many different directions, trying to satisfy uh, too many diff- demographics. Right? I think they were they were leaning real hard on the uh, the LGBT stuff. They were they were leaning real hard on the 
on the the being black thing, and they were you know they, they, I don't know it was doing a little too much. It was it was hard to to focus because they were doing so much uh, so much on that uh, on that show, right? Um, but one of the standouts on the show was was a young actor, Jesse Smollett, right? Uh, or as Dave says, uh, Juicy Smollier. And uh, man, he just kind of he just kind of lost it for a second, right? Like I don't know. Let's look at this here. I got a complete timeline of everything that goes down with with Mr. Smollett here. Let's take a look at this. Okay, <clears throat> so let's see here. Uh, Jesse Smollett. A complete timeline from actors 2019 arrest to jail time. So this is everything that had happened in the last two to three years, right? With this guy. All right. So just a smile. Right now, this is what it is. Right now, he's been sentenced to 150 days in jail in order to pay a fine of $145,000 for lying to the police about being the victim of a hate crime. Now, I'm going to tell y'all what this hate crime was. And this is the reason why one at one, one point, just like Dave Chappelle, I thought this was hilarious. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. And I, and I really couldn't wrap my mind around <coughs> the why, like the, like why would somebody, why would somebody do this? Right. So it's, so it's, so it's 2019 Chicago, right. And, uh, what goes down? So no, the 2019 January on January 29th, Chicago police say they're investigating suspicious racist and homophobic attack of justice Mollett by two masked men, which happened about 2 AM. Uh, <clears throat> they say the actor was punched in the face, had an unknown chemical substance poured on him and a rope wrapped around his neck. Uh, just as my smile tells the police that the two attackers also made reference to MAGA, quote unquote, make America great again. The slogan often used by President Donald Trump and his supporters. And uh, he goes to a doctor and the police describe his condition as good. OK, let's let's break this down for it. So, <coughs> so everybody can follow the story and know what's going on here. And this is why, just like me, I keep on referencing Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle made some interesting comments about this whole situation. And I know some people don't think this is hilarious or or don't think it's as funny as I do, but <clears throat> but I do think it's funny, right? So he says it's two o'clock in the morning in Chicago. I don't know where he's from. I don't know where he's from. I don't even know. I ain't even gonna try to you know guess. But but he walking around Chicago at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, two dudes jumped out. Uh, they are, they're masked, two masked individuals. They jumped out of here, punched him in the face, poured bleach on him and, and screamed MAGA and then, and then bounced. Like, I'm just saying, well, oh, no, I forgot about tied a rope around his neck. They had a rope around his neck too, right? So, so everything to make, you know, like, it was like, it was like one thing after another, after another, after another, right? Um, and, and I don't know. I think I think the story would have been more believable if it was just like, oh, I was walking, you know, in Chicago at 2 a.m. and two dudes jumped out and uh, punched me in the face or robbed me or or, or whatever. And like and, and left it at like if that was the end of the story. I'd have been like, OK, Jesse, I, you know, I, I might, you know, I feel where you're coming from. <laughs> you know, I feel where you're coming from. But it, it gets weird because. Uh, they poured the, the bleach or the unknown substance on him. Like what was, what, why did we, what was, what was the point in that? Right. Tying a rope around his neck. <laughs> you, you, you just tied the You just put a rope around his neck. You didn't, you didn't like drag him or, or try to like, like hang him or, or, or do no, you know, physical, like, you know, you just put a rope around his neck. Right. And you yell MAGA 
and then you and then you and then you disappear into the darkness to the Chicago night. Uh, this one is. I'm having a hard time processing this, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just being as real as I possibly can here, um, because a lot of people. Because look, this is what happened next, right? So <clears throat> he comes out and he says this, and he, and he shows up. He got the uh, the bruised up face or whatever, whatever. He crying and going on, you know, he feeling some type of way, and uh, and so this is what happened next, right? Uh, Stars including Viola Davis, Jonelle Monet, T.I. came out with messages of support for the actor. His co- his Empire co-stars including Grace Byers and Naomi Campbell also show support. Grace Byers says the despicable act only shamefully reveals how <coughs> how deeply the disease of hatred and inequality, racism, and discrimination continue to course through our country's veins. Empire director Lee Daniels uh, posts an emotional video on Instagram saying. Hold your heads up, Jesse. I'm with you. Comedian Steve Harvey chimed in. This is about coming to the aid of another brother that has tasted the brutality of hatred, racism, and bigotry. Uh, okay, so and, and I remember when, when, when all this stuff was was going down. I, I just I remember vividly, and I was like, why are these people? Why are these people jumping to his to his aid and to his his side, like without really knowing, like, do they not believe that this story is is, is super sensational? Like, what is going? Like, and, and this is like in 2019, and they, y'all know how it was in 2019. Um, we know well. This was right before uh, pandemic, and this was right before the world lost its mind, and, and we went into uh, police, the war against the police, and all that stuff during the summer of 2020, and all that weird stuff. So it got crazy out there for a minute, and, and so. You know, it, it makes you almost believe that something crazy like that could have happened because how nuts the world was at that particular time. But, <clears throat> but then, but then you have to you have to you have to say, like, why? And, and for all these things that he claimed happened to him, all these things that that he claimed uh, went down. You had to you would have to pre you, they, they, these dudes would have had to been following him around, right? Uh, they would they would have had to been like premeditating this whole entire thing. They, they would have had to be, you know, like plotting this, right? Like, okay, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to follow him around the corner, right? And <clears throat> we're going to jump out. We're going to holler MAGA. We're going to punch him in the face real quick. You, Floyd, don't forget to pour the bleach on him. And, you know, you, Ray Ray, you grab the uh, you grab the uh, rope and throw that around his neck. We're going to holler MAGA again, and we're going to bounce, right? <laughs> Is, was that the plan, right? Because because this don't happen spontaneously, right? You don't just have, you you like like Ray Ray and Floyd ain't really happen to be leaning against the, the the on the corner chilling, right? Two a.m. Chicago, right? In these in January, as, as that it was cold as hell outside. <coughs> Floyd and Ray Ray just ain't here chilling, right? They see, oh snap, is that is that Juicy Smollier right there? Is that is that the Empire dude? Yo, that's him. Yo, let's. Grab that bleach real quick, yo, bro. Get that rope. Let's let's go. You know, no, it, it didn't go down like that. I'm, I'm just, it, it didn't, right? Right. And we found out later that I, it absolutely did not go down like that because everything that Jesse Smiley said was a lie, right? And um, and and that made me feel like the people who were who were doing all those weird support for him, uh, how did they feel? All your Steve Hardys and Violet Davis and Lee Daniels and all these people who were who were who were saying all this stuff before they, you know even recognized and, and saw what was, was, what was really happening. Um, 
you know, but now you, but how do you feel about that now? Right. Uh, <laughs> when you, when you realize it just did us telling a lie. Right. So then we go into <clears throat> the next couple of days, January 29th. Uh, this is the end of the year. Uh, he refused to hand over his phone. Uh, Joseph Smollier refuses to hand over the phone. Police investigating the attack. Uh, they wanted to confirm details, including the MAGA references made, as Ida says, he was on the phone with his manager at the time. Uh, <coughs> a day later, the police say, he's a victim. We, we, we won't, and we don't treat him like a criminal, right? They say they, they won't demand the phone. Okay, so we won't be able to prove whether or not they were yelling MAGA, because that's one thing. We, 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 we can't prove it. It's your word against, you know, whatever, right? Okay, here we go. Just, just a couple of days later, Jesse wants to speak for the first time. Okay, he comes out uh, in February. He says, uh, I'm okay after the, after the incident. In the statement, he says, the outpouring of love and support from, the, from my village has meant more than I will ever be able to truly put into words. He says, I am working uh, with authorities that have been 100% factual and consistent on every level. The Chicago police also releases pictures of two people of interest that they want to speak to, right? Uh, Chief Communications Officer Anthony Guglielmi says detectives are taking this development very seriously, right? Um, and then here we go. We got a tweet from from uh, Anthony Guglielmi. He says, uh, uh, hours ago, the Chicago police detectives located a surveillance camera that shows potential persons of interest wanted for questioning references to the assault and battery of Empire actor. A community alert with photos is being uh, constructed and will be disseminated shortly. They said they got video footage, bro. They said they got video footage. <coughs> Can we see the video footage? Oh, we oh we can see the video footage. Here we go. Photos of people interested were in the area of alleged assault and battery of Empire cast member. While video does not capture an encounter, the detectives are taking those developments seriously and wish to question individuals as more cameras are being reviewed. So, okay, they got a, they got cameras of two dudes just chilling. Now all of a sudden, oh, that story must be true now, right? It's got to be true because we got we got pictures of two two hoodlums just hanging out chilling, right? Okay, so we 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 still moving with this uh, at a concert that I've been playing for a long time. Jesse Smollett makes some more comments about the incident. He says, "I'm not fully healed yet, but I'm going to be." He says, reading from a piece of paper, just because there's been a lot of stuff said about me that's absolutely not true. He glanced at the balcony and says, "I'm sure my lawyer's sitting up there like, no, Jesse, no." He says, "Above all, I fought back. I'm the gay Tupac." Without finishing with that, with, you know, explanation about what that meant. I'm the gay Tupac. And there you have it, folks. There it is. <coughs> That's what this whole thing has been about from the very, very beginning. You know, and I was just waiting on this part to unfold. Okay, let's let's talk about Tupac. Just for a second, we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, Tupac at one time had been speaking out about all kind of stuff, right? Uh, so much so that he had become uh, a target uh, for, you know, multiple uh, government people who wanted to, to get him, to shut him up, to silence him, Right. And this is what Jesse is is comparing himself to because he's uh, active in the in the in the gay community and he's also active as as you know in the black community um, and he he feel like he's some type of of martyr right he's a gay Tupac and and so basically he wanted to be held up and regarded as the savior for gay and black people everywhere. And uh, and that's what this whole thing was about. You make up a story to put you in a situation where everybody come to your support and everybody looking at you like you some kind of hero and, and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, and, and the sad part about it is that if, if this had happened for real, right, 
then it, like so so first like if this had happened for real, it wouldn't have happened to a movie. I mean, a TV star, right? So you know, he, you already got a little tiny bit of fame, but you want to you want to you want to you want to raise yourself up to a whole entirely different level uh, by doing all of this stuff right here, making up this salacious story uh, that's got the country in an upward and again in a place where you know the country is already in a tizzy. It's already going through a lot of stuff. And then you and you go and throw gas on a fight. Now, normally <clears throat> in a situation like that, you would think it would be white people or anti-gay people who would be stirring up stuff like this. But you, you know, he's the exact opposite. He's 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 behind, he's on on, on the side of on the, on the on the right side, still causing, you know, confusion and whatnot. Like like he's an outsider, like he's a like he like he's an enemy. But he's just doing it to prop himself up. It's weird. So it goes on and on. Phone records got submitted. And then um, they arrested the persons of interest, right? Uh, and then what ended up happening with that? Uh, these two people of interest were arrested and interviewed by the police, but not charged and treated as suspects. They are Ababinjo, Ola, and Abamola, Abel, and brothers originally from Nigeria. They worked as Empire Extra, sometimes going to the gym with the actor. Uh, some of them, <clears throat> some of them items seized from a police raid of the home include a black face mask, an empire script, phone receipts, a red hat, and bleach. Oh, snap. The bleach was in possession, like at the crib. Do you got bleach at your house? What about what about, what about the dude in the back over here? Like this guy. Do you, do you have bleach at your crib? I got bleach at my crib, too. I, I don't know if that proves anything. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, mo- most of us got, got, got bleach at our crib, whatever, right? Same day interview with Just Smaller, Sean of Good Morning America. He suggested his tigers were white. Oh, my God. What's going on? <laughs> What's happening now? Right? So we go through all this stuff to bring these two black Nigerian dudes in. Now, we done, we done, we done got them on camera uh, outside uh, under the streetlight. They done raided the, the dudes' houses. They done found the bleach. <laughs> and, now, and now Juicy says, Juicy says, Juicy says they were white, yo. He's like, no, hold on, hold on. We, we all get this, we all get this, we all get this thing saying, that I said that they were black. I didn't. I never said that. I, 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 you know what? Okay, that's the first crack in the armor right there. Actually, that's the second to me because the whole gay Tupac thing really set my antennas to ablazing. And now he goes in, into this whole entire thing right here. So it says, uh, if I had said the attackers was Muslim or Mexican or some someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot, a lot much more. On his refusal to handle the phone, he says, I have private pictures and videos and numbers, my private emails, my private songs, my private voice memos. And speaking through tears, he says, gay people should learn to fight these kinds of attacks. Chicago said, uh, police say they have no evidence to support the reports that attack was staged. Wow. So uh, we, we get all the way to, uh, to, to February 2019. Uh, Justice Mullet is, is charged by police. Uh, CPD has confirmed that a tip this morning about a sighting at the residential towers of the individuals involved in the alleged incident is unfounded and was not supported by the evidence obtained by detective. Case update. Justice Smollett is now officially classified as a suspect in a criminal investigation for filing a false police report, class 4 felony. Detectives are currently presenting evidence before a Cook County grand jury. And that's what his little, <coughs> that's what his little lion ass get. That's just, I mean, that's what his little line is get, you know? Uh, so the Chicago police said the actor is charged with disorderly conduct, filing a false police report. Early in the day, the reporter, the U.S. obtains footage appearing in the show. The brothers buying materials, including ski masks, 
that allegedly been worn by the people who attacked the actor. Wow. So <clears throat> we go through all of this. He is arrested in February 2019. And listen to what <laughs> listen to what the uh the Chicago police dude had to say. Let's listen to this real quick. Because I, I, this is funny to me. This is this all stuff is just hilarious. Accusations within this phony attack received national attention for weeks. Celebrities, news commentators, and even presidential candidates weighed in on something that was choreographed by an actor. First, Smollett attempted to gain attention by sending a false letter that relied on racial, homophobic, and political language. When that didn't work. Smollett paid $3,500 to stage this attack and drag Chicago's reputation through the mud in the process. And why? The stunt was orchestrated by Smollett because he was dissatisfied with his salary. So he concocted a story about being attacked. Now, our city has problems. We know that. We have problems that have affected people from all walks of life. And we know that. But to put the national spotlight on Chicago for something that is both egregious and untrue is simply shameful. <clears throat> and I, I agree 100% with the chief of police right there. Um, he ought to be ashamed of himself. You know, um, all, this, all this real stuff that's happening in the world, especially in Chicago, especially in Chicago, you, you running around here uh, choreographing and staging stuff like this, and, and you know you don't use all the city's resources, and all these different people got brought into this whole thing. <clears throat> they could have been doing some other real work somewhere else, right? Um, so here we go. February twenty uh, second, he has to see suspended from Empire TV shows. Executive producer released a statement saying that the actor won't be in the final two episodes of the latest series, and they added that the allegations against him were disturbing. <clears throat> uh, so the Asandario brothers regret getting involved. Empire returns. Justice Muller pleads not guilty. Uh, Empire creator speaks out. And then, um, wow, then he got cleared of all charges in March. And then uh, we come back here, and they re lawyer said the case is closed and it was over. But no, here we go. <clears throat> 29 March uh, 2019. Justice is ordered to pay for police overtime for all the work and stuff that they had put in trying to solve this uh, ridiculous case, right? Um of course, we don't be coming back to the empire at all. None of this kind of stuff. So that was and so, and so it brings us to November 2021. The trial began. Uh, so they go through all this drama, trying to find um, out what really happened with Jesse Smollett, and uh, and we finally get to today, which is where uh, where we are now. Uh, Jesse Smollett uh, was. Uh, Prosecutors argued the actor, who was a part of the TV series Empire, staged a racist and homophobic attack on himself back in 2019 when he told police he was walking home from this subway shop and two men attacked him, yelling racial and homophobic slurs and putting a noose around his neck. They say he instructed those two men to do it. Authorities began questioning Smollett's story when he declined to fully cooperate with the investigation. However, Smollett maintains the attack was not a hoax and the defense argued authorities rushed to judgment. There is a presumption of innocence. That was 
non-existent in this case. Two brothers, former extras on Empire, testified Smollett hired them to carry out the attack. Smollett took the stand and accused those brothers of trying to extort $2 million from him. But the brothers deny that accusation. Smollett's lawyers have said they plan to appeal the conviction and that Smollett is 100% confident he will win. Rena Roy, ABC News, New York. So, so Jesse goes on, uh, and you know, during the, the thing is somebody, uh, uh, he, he, he was, he got sentenced to 150 days, uh, in jail, um, where he's going to be serving his time at. And, you know, he was, you know, pleading with the, the, the judge and how he respected him and, and whatnot, claiming that he wasn't suicidal in which nobody even said he was. Uh, but he claiming that if something happened to him while he was on the inside, that he didn't, he's not going to be doing it to himself. Somebody going to do it to him, which he might be right about. I know if I saw him, I would try to hem him up or whatever, but, uh, uh, that's where we at. So he, he, he's getting ready to go to jail. He, 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 he's setting the, setting the groundwork, like something's supposed to happen to him while he's in jail. Almost like he's still writing his own, his own show or whatever. So, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very sad case, man. And you know, that <laughs> I feel bad for the kid, man. Like he's he's clearly delusional. Something's really wrong with this cat, right? Something's definitely wrong with him. And uh he got he got <coughs> he got some problems. Now, as as much as I enjoy that, uh I, I close the show with this one because I'm a hip hop guy, right? And and you know, I'm a hip hop dude and <coughs> I, I hate to see uh weird stuff like uh what's going on with um Joel Ortiz, Crooked Eye, Joe Budden, and uh, Royce the Five Nine, collectively known as Slaughterhouse, right? Bunch of dope MCs coming together, you know, doing some cool stuff. You know, in a, in a day and age where dudes like myself who of a certain, you know, age or whatever, I feel a certain type of way about the state of hip-hop right now, and I'm not truly 100% satisfied or happy with the product that's being, being offered to me right now. Um, and I know they say hip hop is a young man's game and, and all of that. And people who are of a certain age should exit, you know, when it's time to exit. But I truly love the the culture and I and I truly love the genre. And, you know, when I see uh, what it's turned into, is it's just it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. And then I see these guys uh, and, and they go into what appears as the equivalent of. <coughs> Of like I said in the open of a of a boy band breakup right uh, on the surface of what's happening from as far as what I could could could, could uh, decipher from all the all the details and all the the conversations that were had a bunch of weird stuff going on that I definitely don't approve of as a black man um, definitely don't like airing the dirty laundry in public that's not a fan of that right I feel like dudes who and and and, and you know and the fact that they they during their conversations. They would they would throw around the word love that they have for one another. Like I love you, man, and you know I love you, man, and you know uh, <clears throat> you know I got nothing but love for you, bro, and all this kind of stuff. But then, but then at the same time, you you on Instagram live in front of th- hundreds of thousands of people uh, talking about your your your, your in house business, right? Um, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I have a I have a huge a huge problem with uh with we're bringing your business outside. I just I don't know. I'm not a not a fan of it, right? Um, you know, and of course, <clears throat> in the course of the dialogues that they had, they were saying how telephone calls have been 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 had, and they've been trying to discuss things behind closed doors. 
uh, for the equivalent of eight years or whatever, whatever, 2012 or whenever the last album came out. That they've been having some disagreements and they've been trying to talk and get on the same page to do some stuff and so on and so forth. The synopsis of the story is this, right? So <clears throat> King Cricket comes to, to, to the, the fellas, particularly Royce, <laughs> Royce, and was like, yo, listen, here's a deal that, you know, somebody, you know, I, I was talking to some people, you know, had put some fillers out there, whatnot, whatnot, so on and so forth. You know, this is this this, this is a project that that you know that some people want to kind of you know hook us up with. Thought maybe you'd be you'd be interested and whatnot. It's going to be good for the group. We finally separated ourselves from the place that you know the the the, the record label that we used to be on. We're doing our own thing now. Everything is dope. We ain't got to worry about the whole shady situation and all that no more. Um, it's going to be a nice start for us. Well, you know. Uh, Royce was like, yeah, it sounds dope and everything. Um, it sounds cool, but, uh, I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing it without, without Joe. Right. I, I really don't feel like, uh, <clears throat> without doing it, you know, doing it without, without Joe. And at this particular time, Joe was saying, Joe was saying he was done, uh, with rapping and he was finished and he was retired and he was focused on the podcast and all this stuff. And he was, and his life was going in a different direction. So he wasn't interested in, in coming back and recording any, any future records and anything like that. So <clears throat> basically that left Joel and, 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 and cricket to, to do the, to do it, to do the record themselves. Right. So they just, the two, they just did, they put it together, called it the rise and fall slaughterhouse, which, you know, I think uh, the name of it was uh, a little bit weird. Don't know if I would have quite went there with it. It's a little bit on the nose, um, <clears throat> a little bit on the nose. And then, of course, in the content, they tell them the story about what happened and so on and so forth. Uh, Joe and Royce ain't feeling some of the stuff that they, they've been they're hearing about the record and so on and so forth. <sighs> so now it's a two on two situation. The group done split in half. You got Joe and Royce on one side. Crook and Joel on the other. Uh, the record came out. Here it is. The Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse. They are disagreeing on everything from the logo used on the artwork to the to the to the dividend split. Can they use the name Slaughterhouse? Is it really Slaughterhouse without all four of them being there? Like the pettiness level goes like to astronomical levels with this, right? <coughs> and uh, and I'm just sitting here listening to it, and I'm just like, I, I really don't, I really don't understand. I really don't understand. Like, if, if everything, if everything that I heard, like, you know, they call each other liars, and they said, you know, saying like, you know, you did, you know, decline the offer, and he said, no, I did not. You never heard me say it. Uh, Royce was saying how, you know, Joe never said no to the to the to the to the, the offer. He had questions about it. You know, he wanted to kind of know what the dividend split was going to be, and a bunch of the, you know, the other stuff. You know, Joe. Joe, one point I will say about Joe, he he has risen his game up as far as being on the on the business end of stuff. I mean, we know he went through the whole thing with Rory and Maul with the whole Joe Button podcast, and that really was about money and about dividend splits and who was owed what and so on and so forth. So him him going there first, it, it, it sounded like it was something that Joe would do. Uh, like, yeah, you know, first, you know, I told you guys I was kind of done with this, but. Uh, what, what what's the money? Let's 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 look at the paperwork, right? Uh, and the paperwork couldn't, you know, never made it to, to Joe's desk. So, uh, you know, it is what. It, so, you know, then you had people saying like Joe fell in like, well, since you know the paperwork never came back, they never gave him what the details was going to be. They proceeded to go on and do the project without uh, the other two. 
uh, without even saying anything, uh, presuming that they had said they, they had declined the thing. And that wasn't really the case. It, it's just, you know, and it's a shame. It's a shame because I, <coughs> I've always been a fan of groups. I, I'm a, I am a, a, a product of the, of the 90s when everything was about collaboration and everything was about groups. And it was just groups. Of every It was R&B groups. It was, it was, it was hip-hop groups. You know, we had like Wu-Tang Clan and Junior Mafia and, you know, West Side Connection. And it was just cliques and clans everywhere. And it was a beautiful thing because you got so many different styles and stuff all within the same group. It was beautiful. And, and, and how, you know, these different people held each other down, you know, you know, the Jungle Brothers and De La Soul and all, it just groups, right? I, and, and But now I know, because if you look at stuff like Behind the Music or uh, Unsung and, 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 you know, documentaries like that, none of that stuff ever turns out good. Like, it, it, like there, there's never been a group. Even my beloved Outkast, just a regular two-man group, it's been, it's been drama there too. It's like you would think that that sometimes people can escape that, but but they but they can't. It, it's just because there's the human element, and as long as there you have that human element, there's always going to be anomalies and 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 you know things that you can't quite expect because you, you, you don't. It's another human you're dealing with. It's no. It's not like you're dealing with a machine or or algorithm or something that you can predict. People are unpredictable and people feel a certain type of way. And and sometimes things happen. Sometimes like, you know, Dre, uh, Dre from Outcast, I don't know, he felt like he wanted to to go grow spiritually and he went on a spiritual journey and he wasn't really thinking about rapping no more. Like it was the last thing on his mind. And you know, and, and Big Boy looking at him like, dude, like all this money to be made, like, what is your problem? Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the same thing with the Wu-Tang Clan, the same thing with, you know, you can go on and on and on, group after group after group. It's the same issue over and over and over and over again. And it's a shame that it's like that, but it is. And it has to be expected. Like, if you get together with some people to do some stuff, you got to always worry about the back end of it because it, it ain't going to last forever. And it ain't going to last always because the human element, right? There's, there's, there's the human element. And that human element is always going to be the thing that breaks these groups apart. Like, you know, I was sad to see, you know, crazy stuff happen with like, you know, Drew Hill and, and Jodeci and, you know, 112 and boys, the men and, you know, TLC. And, you know, like, like, I mean, you know, it, it just escape. Like you, you just, you just name them, name the group, name the group and show me a group that started back in the day and are still together to this day. You name one. And I'm telling you, uh, I will be, I would I shake your hand because it, it don't last. It, it doesn't last. And it's always pettiness like this, um, weirdness like this. Um, you know, I know at the end of the day, these guys, they're entertainers and what they, this is how they feed their families. You know, um, this is how they get down. So if somebody like Joe, man, you know, the, 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 the money, the money uh, is kind of important. Maybe not so much for somebody like, like Joel, right? He's all about the culture and stuff. He just want to make really good music. I just, I want to shake up the world. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And then you got people like Royce who just want to prove that he belong. And I belong in the top five MCs of all time and so on and so forth. The agendas are different. They're all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And that's why you can't agree on nothing. You know, it goes down like that all the time, all the time. And this is just another case of, uh, of, of, of that human element showing up and, and, uh, and, and shaking things up a little bit, but I will say this though, in closing though, you know, nothing really shows somebody's true colors. Like, 
like a little bit of a breakup, right? Because then you start to see people for who they really are, who was really about what, you know. <coughs> I'm a fan. <coughs> I'm a fan of Joe Budden. I'm a fan of Joe Budden, but 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 Joe Budden is one of the kind of people who you have to really listen to, right? He is he is the king of doublespeak and the king of deflection, right? And you really got to pay attention to what he's saying a lot of the times because he sound like he want to be sound. He want to sound like he's the smartest guy in the room. But nothing is ever really truly his fault. I find um, that he rarely uh, takes accountability for anything, and 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 really wants to play the victim a lot of the times, right? You know, that's just what I, you know, just my personal observation. You know what I mean? I, I look at somebody like like Royce, right? He's a guy who never really quite ever wanted to accept the fact that he's not ever going to be as good as he think he is, right? And 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 in his mind, he feel like he's the greatest of all time. But nothing that he's ever done has proven that. He has no uh, documentation or uh, event or anything or award or, or any kind of tangible something to say anything close to what he thinks in his mind. Right? He, he's he's been weird like that ever since the beginning. That's why I was never really uh, a fan of his work. I, I thought he was talented, but. You know, he always thought he was better than what he really is, right? Never really listened to a whole lot of Joel's work, but, you know, I never had a problem with him. I think the dude is, is a decent rapper. He's pretty good. And I like the fact that that he loves the art and he just want to bang out to bang out. It's going to sound good to me. And, and Crook, he's kind of the same. I remember listening to him when he used to rock out with, you know, with Snoop and them, right? So, like, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just a weird, like I said, you can see what, what it's really about. When it goes down, so when when it hit when when stuff hit the fan, then people's true selves really come out, and that's when you see what it is, right? And um, and that's how uh, and that's how I look at it. So you know, I, I do believe that that this right here is 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 going to be uh, the end of this situation right here. I don't think uh, we're going to see a, a slaughterhouse reunion unless you know, <coughs> like Joe, he made at one point during the Instagram live situation, which I thought was just completely uh, egregious. He was just like. Talk about how how he was bigger than all of this now because of his podcast and all that, and you know just flexing for no reason, but because of that, those dudes will never ever get together again. I feel like Joel Ortiz during that whole situation and getting flexed on in public on IG Live uh, in front of everybody by Joe with his boy Roy sitting there, not even really backing him up. Yeah, Joel ain't never gonna work with them dudes again, man. I think his pride got hurt or whatever. You know what I mean? And I don't blame him. I would have got off that Instagram live too, because Joe Joe was on some other stuff. And I was like, you know what? You talking reckless, man. I ain't, I ain't got time for this either. And I would I would I don't blame him for leaving. I don't blame him for like because 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 you know even though <clears throat> you know a, a lot of the stuff Joel was saying it was coming from feeling. It was coming from like the heart. <clears throat> he didn't have a whole lot of facts to back a lot of things that people were saying. It was just based on how he felt. And like I said, for him, it was all about feeling. It was all about that for him. And, you know, it wasn't about the money or or the fame or that like that. He just wanted to rock out for the culture or whatever, you know. And um, yeah, I think Joe hurt his feelings with, with that weird flex about, you know, how he was so much bigger than the group or whatever. You know, I think it was unnecessary. And um, so for that, uh, I can't rock with you, Joe. I I, I can't do it, man. I, I feel like he was wrong in that situation. And uh, and I guess Joe don't really care. I mean, the slaughterhouse record. It's small potatoes. He he's right about that. I mean, he he is doing what he's doing with the podcast. But man, these are your boys though. Like you flexing like that is just I don't know. Felt like it was a little bit too much. You feel me? You know what I mean? So uh, that's how I feel about that whole entire situation. Listen, uh, 
this has been the, the BQW podcast, man. Uh, episode six, I want to say it is. And uh, a live one, too. And I'm <coughs> glad I was able to rock out with you guys and have a good time. I think there was some comments and stuff, but I had a hard time. I got a new setup. Didn't really get a chance to read a lot of the comments that was going on here. I will go back and check them out, and I will respond to them in due time. But any like for anybody listening to it after the fact, anybody who, who was listening to what I was saying, and maybe I didn't get to, to your to your your comment or question, uh, hit me up on the socials, man. Hit me up on the, on Twitter, at Big Q's World, uh, Instagram, at Big Q's World, Facebook uh, at Big Q's World. Hit me up. Tell me how you feel about the whole thing, man. We'll make some dialogue about it. Because I'm not saying I'm right about it. You know, I come on this podcast, I just talk about what I feel. Um, you know, it ain't necessarily got to be facts all the time. It's most of the time it's opinion. And that's why I said on my podcast is the BQW, the Big Q's World podcast is culturally opinionated. This is my opinion on a certain a certain different things that I uh, that I like commenting on. And, and, and so my commentary is this is how I feel about it. And uh, again, uh, if people agree with it, I, I think that's dope. But it's always good to disagree too. So you know, if you didn't like a lot of things that I said, or you felt a certain kind of way, we can talk about it. I'm, I'm not above that. I, I think that that would definitely uh, uh, spark some dialogue. I'm all about talking. In fact, you know, I'm looking to have some people on the show so we can debate these things and we can talk about them and we can you know see what's really going on. I definitely like uh, talking about the culture with other people who feel as passionate about it as I do. But other than that, um, I think we're going to go ahead and roll up out of here. I think that's going to be the show for this evening. I want to thank everybody again for supporting the show on all the different podcast platforms, uh, <clears throat> giving me good ratings and reviews and downloading and subscribing to all that. If you guys like the live version, in order, if you, if you guys want me to keep doing the live ones, the, the, the live one is a little bit of work. So I need to see that you guys appreciate it. So, you know, like the video if you can. Uh, and if you're the first, first time, you know, rocking out with me, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can lock yourself in. So that way, when I see that kind of stuff, I know that you guys want, to, want me to do more live stuff. So I do more live stuff. So if you guys don't mind, if you like what you saw here and you like what you heard, or if you kind of just want to, you know, get into some debates and stuff like that, or you want to have a conversation with me about the culture, go ahead and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you lock me in on iTunes and Spotify and uh, Google Podcasts and all that good stuff. Other than that, I'm your boy, Big Q. This is the Big Q's World Podcast, the BQW. And I think I'm rolling, man. I'm out of here. Until next time, y'all be safe. Keep it culturally opinionated. I'm out. Peace. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.